You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It's Rico Daily. I'm Ronnie Mola. When you're scrolling through your social media feed, it's normal to see a mix of news, posts from friends and family, and more occasionally than not, sponsored content. So our ginseng serum, it is, so the consistency and texture, it's kind of a creamy but gel-like texture, which I really love. I feel like when you apply it to skin, it um, doesn't, you know, sit on top, but it really absorbs into skin. Lately, social media has been turning into the QVC of the digital world. Let me know down in the comments your thoughts and opinions about this face mask and if you'll also try it out because your feedback means everything to me. Thank you so much for watching and follow me for more skincare tips. But this isn't your grandmother's live shopping experience. Fox's Terry Nguyen explains. So social media executives have been brainstorming ways to add shopping into their platforms pretty much since the 2010s. They were trying to compete with Amazon, which was emerging as kind of the default reigning e-commerce site. So a lot of social media platforms were trying to crack that code. They wanted to create this marketplace within their existing platform for people to buy and sell things. And the hard part was getting users to adopt that. In 2014, Facebook began testing like a buy button that would let users shop directly from the site. And that kind of led other platforms like Tumblr and later Pinterest to add these little like shop or buy platforms. And also Amazon, to that end, thought about launching an app sometime in 2017, which would create like a shoppable feed for Prime members. But that, you know, never really took off. So I remember when Instagram introduced posts where you could tag items for sale, like you could touch the top corner of it and a bubble would come up with its price. How did that change the way we shop? If you kind of look at the Instagram app today, it's pretty crazy to think that about like six years ago in 2015, it had very little ads. Most platforms kind of since the beginning were moving in this direction to integrate shopping because it created kind of this new viable revenue channel for them. The entire internet as we know it, including these social platforms, are dependent on advertising money. And by adding shopping into their platform, it allows businesses, you know, to advertise or rely on something like Facebook or Instagram. And it also benefits these platforms as they're able to get money through processing fees and also, you know, data gathered from the consumer. Today, we see that most people are pretty accustomed to buying things on Instagram or Facebook. They don't really think about it twice. So what does social media shopping look like now? On platforms or apps like Facebook and Instagram, people can tune into a live stream and they'll have the option kind of at the bottom of the screen or kind of on the interface to buy something that the person who's hosting the live stream is talking about. Um, So it does require someone to kind of tune into an event that's happening during a certain period of time. It used to be sort of perceived as a bit of a gamble to buy things on social media. Like there was a perception that, you know, maybe it wasn't that trustworthy or dependent. How has that changed? 
I think we as e-commerce shoppers have kind of advanced past the stage where we beware what we buy online. Um, With the pandemic especially, people have gotten used to ordering things online, whether that be through Amazon or, you know, buying things close by through Facebook Marketplace. Still, though, I think creating, you know, something like an Instagram page or a Facebook page offers an illusion of legitimacy for certain businesses that might not be what they appear to be. I recently wrote about kind of the rise of these ghost stores, which drop ship items, you know, made overseas from Asia while claiming to be specifically curated creations. And so it does disguise where our company is from, kind of disguises who the founders are if they chose to not reveal that information. So it just creates another illusion of what a business um, wants consumers to think what they are. And now we have the introduction of so-called live shopping on social media. We have Pinterest TV. There's stuff on TikTok and Snapchat. How does that all work? The model for live shopping isn't new. I mean, QVC, the Home Shopping Network, has been around for decades. But a lot of tech platforms have taken an interest in live shopping because it has really taken off in China. And a lot of these tech companies crib ideas for their apps based on what works from Asia as well. And the pandemic's impact on how we shop has really made live shopping seem more viable as more people are shopping from home online. And also, if you look at how we were drawn to TikTok in quarantine, it creates kind of this perfect storm for this model of like live video shopping to succeed. So you watch a live video of a person selling things. They tell you how to buy them. How... Is this at all different than QVC? It kind of sounds like basically the same thing to me. Yeah, not much besides the fact that it's trying to be more instantaneous and the demographics who is going to be shopping on these platforms are a little different. Shorts, which are in black, in denim, and in white. Item number there is a 61318. Those are priced at $27. There might be, you know, faster shipping times if you're ordering through Amazon Live Shopping. And also the person who's on the screen selling you the items might be a younger influencer, someone who's famous on TikTok, for example. We're going to be showing you guys 20 items and you guys definitely want to stick around and see what we have. Including this dress. And this outfit right here. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have 30% off, right? Did you, did you say that? Yeah, 30% off free shipping. free shipping. For me personally, this seems sort of like a forced use case. Like, do people really want to sit through a video presentation that you know, that takes up some of their time rather than just flicking through a sponsored post and buying things? Yeah, so there's been a lot of proclamation that live stream shopping is the next big thing in retail. But like you mentioned, it seems at odds with kind of how consumers shop today. At least based on my reporting, it really does seem like people entertain You know, the shopping impulses they see on social media and they kind of buy as they go. They don't really intentionally sit down in front of a screen and say, oh, this is the time I have to shop. Whereas in Asia, um, I've spoken to, you know, people who've researched live shopping. They say that shopping is seen more as a hobby there and people are actively interested in watching these shows to discover new things they might be interested in. So here it seems, though, that you might have to introduce people to this concept. How are they attracting people to this live shopping experience? A lot of platforms are quite obnoxiously kind of promoting live shopping and offering deals to increase user engagement or interest. Most kind of live shopping channels were launched in 2020 during the pandemic. But, you know, towards the holiday season, I personally have seen an uptick in promotion. In May, I believe Facebook launched something called Live Shopping Fridays to promote their feature. Creamsicle. 
And I know what you're thinking. You're wondering, Sharice, I want to be able to wear it. I don't know if it's heavy enough. How do, how do you communicate what that thing actually feels like virtually, right? Well, we go on a weight scale. We have a weight scale that goes from one to four. One is like really, really light. One is light like a stud. You can totally do it, that's a one. Four is going to be hella, 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 hella heavy. Girl, Zaria is every bit of a two. Get into it. YouTube also launched its holiday stream and shop event in November. Pants for me is like, it's like driving a car. And so Hexlad and I have been working together for the last two years and developed these amazing pants. But more importantly, I need to feel the handle. I need to feel comfortable. The non-stick element is amazing. They're not also trying to attract customers. Amazon, for example, is looking to pay talent or influencers to host these live shopping streams. So there are various ways that they're trying to introduce both consumers and both potential talent into kind of this live shopping ecosystem. So do we know yet how successful live shopping is in the U.S. or are we still holding out for the real story? I think we're still holding out on it. It's still very new and, you know, it might never be adopted or it might just take a couple of years until something else happens and people suddenly want to watch uh, live stream shows and buy things from them. Right. I'm getting this weird deja vu with Clubhouse and everyone being like, the future is live audio. And then um, being like, the future is live shopping. And it's just sort of like, is it? I don't know. Yeah, there are just so many ways to buy things online that this kind of add-on with live shopping seems almost unnecessary just because I feel like consumers are just seeing and being advertised so many products all the time. I also feel like our attention spans as a result of social media seems really kind of counterintuitive to a live stream, which requires people to sit down and pay attention. All right, well, we'll see. Thank you so much for speaking with me today, Terry. Yeah, thank you for having me. Today's episode was produced by Tori Dominguez and engineered by Melissa Pounds from Hemlock Creek Productions. I'm Ronnie Mola. Thanks for listening.